Welcome to the Dog Talk Show. I'm your host, Julie Forbes. You're listening to Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. Well, we've got a doozy today, Eric. We've got Susan Thixton back on the show. We're going to talk to her in just a couple minutes. She's All right. the founder of truthaboutpetfood.com, mm-hmm. and she's also the author of her new book, Buyer Beware, The Crimes, Lies, and Truth About Pet Food. And if you know anything about the show, you know food is probably the thing that gets me the most fired up. Yeah, you know, this is something that uh, the Dog Talk Show has tackled, of course, over the lifetime of the show. But it seems like it's something that's bubbling under in the public consciousness more and more uh, over the last year. And, you know, of course, you've contributed to that discussion, which is fantastic. But I I think really nationwide, this is something that people are starting to become aware of and not terribly happy about uh, the, the makeup of... Yeah, I mean, it is. It is. And in this region of the country, especially more so than than the rest of the country. But we tend to be kind of a little more conscious about these sort of things, you know. Well, as more and more pets get sick and die from pet food, people become more and more aware of it together. Yeah. And they start. I mean, it's personal. It for me, that's why it gets me so fired up, because it's personal. Mm -hmm. And you'll probably hear that in my voice today as I talk to Susan Thixton. So I'd like to bring Susan Thixton on the show because we can waste no time today. Welcome to the Dog Talk Show, Susan. Oh, thank you for having me. Well, thanks for coming back. You were here last September, and we had listeners call in and read their um, pet food list of ingredients, the first five or so ingredients to you, and you sort of decoded or deciphered. Um, (laughs) I I like the decoding part. Yeah. That's good terminology. (laughs) Yeah. And it was a re- it was a great show, you know, very very uh, educational, very beneficial, um, and and just a great show. And you have a book out that I'm thrilled about, and I've been kind of talking and been making noise about this book for a while ever since it came out. It's called Buyer Beware: The Crimes, Lies, and Truth About Pet Food. And of course, your website is www.truthaboutpetfood.com. And I originally wanted to to. I mean, certainly we're talking about some material in the book, but the book is basically a sort of a you, you're, you've sort of put together, you know, a lot of the information that you've come across over the years into this book. Um, but you also have a great um, newsletter and lots of articles that you've written. And um, we're just going to get to the first part of the book today, and then hopefully we'll have you back um, in the near future sometime to uh, talk more about what's in this book because there's just so much information. But I wanted to start this show talking about where you start with the book, which I think is a great place to talk about in educating people about pet food, which is about the label labeling and regulations. But first, will you p- just tell us a little bit about how you got your start in this um, you know, doing what you're doing now. I, I learned a hard lesson I, in in your very beginning of the show, talking about it's personal. Mm-hmm. Uh, it became personal to me when uh, one of my dogs died, bone cancer. This was 20 years ago, and my veterinarian, who knew more about pet food 20 years ago uh, than than many many vets, if not most vets, know today. Uh, he knew more, and he shared with me that the chemical preservative in her food, which was the leading dog food in the country at the time, still one of the top pet food producers in the world, um, the chemical preservative in that food was more than likely responsible for her cancer. Mm. And this dog died at eight years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, he explained that the chemical preservatives are there to extend the shelf life of mm-hmm. the food. And at the time, I was very naive, did not have really a good understanding of, you know, chemicals, shelf life, what's shelf life. Uh, But I called the pet food company, Mm -hmm. and what they told me changed my life. They told me that this food's shelf life, how long it would stay fresh, was 25 years. Yeah. And... You know, from then on, I have my dad at the time helped me. Um, you know, he had textbooks that he loaned me, and anybody I could stop long enough to learn from. The internet now is just a, a great resource, but 
as much as I can learn, uh, we all continue to learn. Yeah. So, Twenty-five years. Over. Yeah, in that, in that three more than three times longer than my dog lived. Yeah, I know. Our dog food would stay fresh. Right. Yeah, real fresh. Yeah, no extra charge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, the so I've been working in the pet. You know, my expertise is in training behavior, and to some extent, the pet food industry. I've been uh, kind of sniffing around myself. Um, ever since actually it started when I when I first moved out here when I was in my apprentice program almost 10 years ago um, for dog training and behavior, I was working at All the Best Pet Care, which is now one of the sponsors of the show. And uh, the education that I got there kind of clued me into the that there was a lot to know about the world of pet food and the pet food industry and that when it was bad, it was real bad. And... Um, and so ever since then, I've just been interested and passionate because I take it personally, too. Um, if there's anything I'm protective of, it's my dogs. I don't know that I'm protective of anything else more in the world than my dogs. I don't have children. So don't mess with them and don't mess with their health and don't lie to me about what's in the food if it's going to harm them. And so that's kind of where I'm coming from. <laughs> I, I understand. Yeah. I, yeah. So. So the part I think that, you know, there's so much to it. There's the ingredients that they use, which is an issue, um, and that's a can of worms. And um, <laughs> got a pun intended Probably for that one. Probably healthier if it was yeah. a can of worms in many <laughs> yeah. cases, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, you know, there's the ingredients, and that's a problem. And But the main thing that really bothers me it, that that I just find to be such an injustice is the labeling and regulations because they're not saying what is in the food. Like, okay, fine. If you're going to use, you know, like so worst case scenario, if you're going to use potentially, you know, meat that's come from animals that have been euthanized or even potentially euthanized pets, you should have to say it on the front of the bag in bold print very clearly because people should know what they're buying, especially should they should know what they're feeding their pets, who they love as family members. Uh, well, you know, if you take it one step further, using uh, condemned meat, okay, meat that would not be um, animals that have not died by slaughter. Right. That is federal law, federal law, or any food, not just human food. Food under federal law is is defined as anything consumable by humans and animals. Mm -hmm. So right off the get-go, there is blatant violation of federal law. Uh, and, And then you take it the step further in, okay, Here's a violation of federal law, and then they don't, they're not honest about it. You right. know, it's, it's mind-boggling. It's truly, if, if your listeners, some of your listeners, if this is the first time they've heard this, they're going, oh, come on. That, that couldn't be true. Yeah. But it is. All the evidence is, is on the FDA website. Yeah. And we're actually, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to get into more of the detail about that. I've got it all highlighted right in front of me in your book, Susan. Your book is called Buyer Beware. And uh, where can people get it? On Amazon? Amazon Amazon.com, yeah. Okay. So Buyer Beware by Susan Thixton and her website is truthaboutpetfood.com. Check it out. We'll be back in just a few minutes talking more with Susan Thixton. You're listening to The Dog Talk Show on Alternative Talk 1150. Natural Pet Pantry is Seattle's original source for wholesome dog and cat meals, offering eight different proteins to accommodate your pet's dietary needs. Made locally using all U.S. sourced ingredients, their freshly ground stews, raw or cooked, can be purchased from their Burien shop, most independent pet supply stores, or delivered right to your home. Natural Pet Pantry will even work with your vet to custom blend a prescription diet for your pet's unique needs. Go to naturalpetpantry.com for more information. Natural Pet Pantry. It just makes sense. 
This is Martha Norwalk. Every Sunday morning, beginning at 9 a.m., thanks in part to Jones & Company Pets in Marysville, we cover the world of animals. This week, August 25th, it's the last Sunday of the month, and that means it's Shelter, Rescue Sanctuary, and anything that helps our animal friends Sunday. We'll check in with our regulars, Mollywood up in Bellingham, Allbreed Equine Rescue in Marysville. We'll hear all about the annual open house barbecue fundraiser at Macaw Sanctuary on Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150. Want a faster metabolism? Desperate for more energy throughout the day? Food is our most powerful medicine, and on Passionate Nutrition Radio, I'll answer your burning nutrition questions and offer real solutions for your family. On Passionate Nutrition Radio, you'll learn how to transform how you look and feel with the foods that you eat. My name is Jennifer Adler, and I'm a nutritionist, chef, and founder of Passionate Nutrition, a nutrition practice with six locations throughout the greater Puget Sound area. Join me on Passionate Nutrition Radio for a weekly serving of nutrition wisdom. Learn more at PassionateNutrition.com. That's Passionate Nutrition every Friday at noon. This is Julie Forbes, dog training, behavior, and nutrition specialist and owner of Sensitive Dog, thoughtful guidance for you and your dog. If your dog needs basic obedience training, a behavior evaluation, or food consultation, I can help you. Call me at 206-372-7399 or visit my website, www.sensitivedog.com. I teach group obedience classes, in-home lessons, and evaluations, and a two-week intensive training program called Higher Education. Again, I'm Julie Forbes, Seattle's dog behavior training and nutrition specialist, www.sensitivedog.com. Some people know a good thing when they hear it. Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. Welcome back to the Dog Talk Show. I'm your host, Julie Forbes, and we are back talking with Susan Thixton, the founder of TruthAboutPetFood.com and the author of her new book, Buyer Beware, the Crimes, Lies, and Truth About Pet Food. Welcome back, Susan. Glad to be back. All right. So we're talking about um, today. There's a lot to talk about. There is a lot to talk about, about this. I mean, it's crazy. I'm sure you, you continue to learn as much as you already know. I'm sure you're learning every day more and more yes, about this, this you, whole you, world. You pull back. It's like layers of an onion. Yeah. So you, know, you keep discovering. Yeah. And so and it's it's even many, many onions that have many, many different layers. So the yes. uh, the onion, the stinky, stenchy onion that we're going to be talking about today <laughs> okay. is um, the regulation and the labeling, because that's kind of the where it starts. Like like you said. So I have a problem with the labeling. I also like you like you pointed out. I have a problem with the fact that some of these ingredients are even legal or or not or being, you know, not being regulated, you know, that they're that they're even in pet food. First of all, they shouldn't even be available, let alone mislabeled. That's so, right. So, you know, we're talking about the regulations. So who regulate, you know, who what are so it's AFCO and the FDA. AFCO is the um, Association of American Feed Control Officials, which is not a government agency. It is uh, representatives. It is an organization that's been around almost 100 years or a little over 100 years, um, made up of state department, each state's Department of Agriculture. Now, not every state is represented in AFCO, not every state accepts AFCO's development of pet food ingredient definitions, all animal food, actually, ingredient definitions, and all animal food regulations. So inner problem number one, mm-hmm. we have this organization that is responsible that the FDA accepts flat out their regulations, uh, the nutrient profiles of what all animals' food should be, um, labeling everything. FDA says, you tell me what it should be, we got, we'll, we're with you, we'll accept it. Mm-hmm. But then you complicate this matter in that not every single state is on board. Mm-hmm. So, uh, as example, um, Nevada. Th- there's no one in Nevada 
you call the State Department of Agriculture and you say, oh, man, my pet got sick from this food. There's no one in their State Department of Agriculture that has anything to do with pet food. They just kind of throw their hands up in the air and go, oh, well, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, your state, the state of Washington, um, there, uh, and I, I've met several of these people, um, it, your state appears to have people that really do care. Mm. Okay? But unless, you know, every state is the same, inner, there's problems right there. Right. You know, because each state's got different regulations, and we'll let you do this, and then the next state won't let you do that, and, it, it, you know, so so there's the problem. One, the the true government agency that oversees pet food is the FDA. Mm-hmm. Um. Now, the FDA, what truly should uh, govern pet food is the Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act. Right. laws were developed for all food in the United States, but the FDA does not follow the law. FDA administration developed what they call compliance policies. Right. And these are directives, more or less, for field representatives. And they tell the field representatives, yeah, this is the law, but we're not going to enforce it. This is the law, but you don't really, this is the extent to which you really have to pay attention to the law. Exactly. Yeah, that works. Exactly. So Uh, compliance policies. Is yep. uh, is what you is kind of what they what they called it, and um, you said that that in your book that the client uh, compliance policies really should not even exist. The law is the law, but not with the FDA. And you gave a um, you gave an example in a conversation that you had with two FDA representatives. Yeah, that was a fun conversation. Yeah, it sounds like it. You said, I shared with them pet owner awareness of FDA compliance policies and pet owners being dumbfounded by these policies. I told them I make the analogy of the local police issuing a statement that, quote, should anyone from one particular neighborhood rob a bank, the police would not prosecute this individual for their illegal actions. And you shared that, in essence, this is what the FDA tells pet food manufacturers. Rob the bank, but we won't arrest you. And the FDA agent told you, we liken it to speeding. And then you said, although I remained composed during this phone conversation, my brain was screaming. And that the FDA considers its own decision to allow horrendous illegal ingredients in pet food similar to speeding, well, like you point out, speeding is illegal, and people actually do get, it is regulated, right, to some degree, you get a ticket. That's right. And speeding cars do kill innocent victims. And it's just, you know, it's just interesting that they, it's like they acknowledged it, but they're like, well, it's not really as bad as robbing a bank. Uh, It's more like speeding. I believe that they said that. Yeah. My mouth just hung open that that he was just so nonchalant. And and for your listeners, this is so serious in that literally the FDA, the, the term within the industry, it's called 4D animals, four, or meat derived from 4D. And this is an FDA term? Yes. Okay, 4D. Uh, you know, within the industry itself, 4D. Uh, the four Ds are dead animals, Diseased animals, dying animals, and disabled, disabled animals. Okay, mm-hmm. all of those type of animals are not allowed into human food. And any sane person would think, well, okay, if it's not allowed in human food, then surely that meat or that animal would be destroyed. Mm-hmm. But that is not the case. Mm-hmm. Those animals. Uh, thanks to FDA compliance policies, those animals are ground up, cooked, and allowed to be processed into pet food. Mm-hmm. 
without consumer knowledge back on your issue of the label. Right. There's no, you know, pictures on the front of the label show, you know, choice cuts of lean right. meat. Oh, and, I know. Yeah. You know, all this stuff. Yeah. But that might not necessarily be what's in the label, yeah. inside the bag. Well, and so let's talk about labels for a minute. So, <clears throat> okay, so there's some campaigns. So I have a little bit of a collection here. Um, it's a binder of ads pet food ads that I've either ripped out of magazines or the actual labels that I've cut out of the list of ingredients. And then in some cases, like the the front of the bag, which is really what people look at. But I've got these interesting ads. And, and you actually speak to this in the book as well. Okay, pets have been living for peop- with people for at least 14,000 years. And once they really started living more closely to us and sort of sharing our food source, how that looked was most likely that they, you know, cleaned up our leftovers or ate our leftovers or, you know, ate our quote unquote garbage. But this was when our garbage was, you know, carcasses of animals that were just killed or, you know, overripe at that time, organic fruit and vegetables and not genetically modified and And not no antibiotics no hormones no you know all this stuff we're not talking about processed wheat um you know laced with melamine to boost the the nitrogen content so that you know it's like it was just food right and so it's interesting that on the one hand the pet food companies scare people and they say don't you know, don't feed human food. And I have customers, you know, clients of mine for training that, you know, I always ask people what they're feeding their pet because I've seen it have a direct correlation to behavior. Definitely. And, and, they, and they say, oh, well, we don't feed him any people food. You know, like that's what I'm thinking that that's what I want to hear. But I'm like, okay, right. well, you know, that, I'm not impressed. And, and so I always, you know, educate them. But it's interesting that they scare people about human food. And at the same time, there's ads, ad campaigns. One of my favorite ones is um, Al's the voice of real dogs. And um, it says, Al says, dogs and strollers, designer dog foods, wake me when it's over. Uh, He thinks it's time for a little common sense. Time to get back to when mud is for tracking, squirrels are for chasing, and bowls are for the meaty-tasting goodness of 100% complete and balanced, blah, 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 real dogs eat meat. Well, there's not really much meat in this food in particular in the first place. But then there's another one. The best, we believe, this is from the same company, we, different formula. We believe the best science is found in nature. And so they've got all this like advertising about we're we're natural and this it one sounds good. This one, like you said, has like the piece of red meat, you know, that you would buy from the grocery store and some grain stock and you know, and then they've got like carrots and peas, and then they've got these pictures of this delicious fresh food. Um, so they're kind of speaking to that in their advertising, but the reality of what's in the food is actually not what they're saying. And at the same time, they're scaring people away from feeding human food. And what you were speaking to in your book, Susan, is that the pet food industry is sort of modeled after that dogs kind of eating the leftovers. But now what they're getting is our industrial waste, basically, from the human food industry. Yeah, there's a, there's a big difference between leftovers and industrial waste. Right. And a uh, huge difference. Yeah. But it is how it all began uh, when I was a kid, my grandparents' dogs, they never ate commercial food. Yeah. They ate scraps from the table. Mm-hmm. And nobody had cancer and nobody had kidney disease. And these dogs lived to ripe old ages. Yeah. Uh, of course, they didn't get vaccinations and other things like that as well, too. But, yeah. um, it, you know, it, it is, there was actually a campaign developed, and I haven't been able to find much about it, um, uh, find much evidence of it. I I remember this happening, and it was like in the mid-70s, I think, um, that the Pet Food Institute, which is the lobby organization for uh, big pet food, let's say, Mm. they um, paid veterinarians to say, 
don't give your dog or cat table food. Don't give them people food. Yeah. It's dangerous. Yep. And they p- took ads out in uh, Good Housekeeping and Better Homes and Gardens and radio ads and so forth. So they, they literally programmed. Yep. We have been brainwashed. Mm-hmm. And and it's, it is interesting how they say, oh, don't feed people food. But if you look at these labels, it's people food on the front of it. Yeah. You know, don't feed real food. Feed this pulverized stuff that has been ground to where it is no longer recognizable right. in any way, shape, or form. It's kind yeah. of, it's interesting that there's even this whole concept of pet food versus people food when pet food comes from the human food industry. It's not That's like right. it's like, it's not like there's these different foods that exist on earth that only pets eat. It's the same food. I mean, it's the same stuff. If you look, it's not like some different molecular makeup that's digestible only by animals. It's the same food. So the fact that there's even a classification, you know, people think, oh, you know, people food versus pet food. It's all made out of the same stuff. It's just that the pet food is actually the waste from the industry. And it's bad news. some of them are, to be Some fair, of them, yes. Thank there you. There are foods. The, the, the challenging part for a pet owner, because of the regulations, and this is AFCO regulation, mm-hmm. because of the regulations, you walk into a pet store and you're thinking, okay, I heard this woman on the radio and I, I want a food that's all human grade. I don't want, you know, any rendered euthanized animals in there. There is absolutely... Regulations do not allow mm-hmm. for a quality-minded pet food manufacturer to put on their label, we use USDA-approved meats. Yep. Now, Susan, okay. hold that thought. I want to pick up right where we're leaving off, but we need to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll be talking more with Susan Thixton, who is the author of Buyer Beware, The Crimes, Lies, and Truth About Pet Food. You're listening to The Dog Talk Show on Alternative Talk 1150. I'm Dixie, the tiny dog. And I wear a bright silver collar that says I belong to the Johnsons at 519 Nut Lane, but it's not true. You see, the Johnsons, they don't own me. They just feed me, and I think I like it that way. Do you have an injury, old or new, that won't heal? Are you fighting a cold or illness you can't kick? Do you feel like you've tried everything and are still struggling to find wellness and balance in your physical health? Have you been unimpressed with acupuncture in the past? For over a decade, Robert Medusia has been making a difference for people who thought they had exhausted their options. Don't settle for pain and illness. Call 425-828-6190. That's 425-828-6190. Again, 425-828-6190. The Acupuncture and Sports Clinic of Kirkland. Heal faster, play longer. Hi, I'm Pat Pauly. Tune into my show, Get Active, each Tuesday at 12 noon on Alternative Talk 1150. Each week, we invite a guest to talk about one of the wonderful activities in the Puget Sound region, ones that you may want to participate in. We'll focus on how adult beginners can comfortably get into all of these activities. You'll learn a lot about how you can get active. Be sure to listen. That's Get Active with me, Pat Pauly, at 12 noon each Tuesday on Alternative Talk. 1150. Good afternoon, Seattle, and welcome to the Joker Show. I'm Joe Janot, live on Alternative Talk Radio. If you're going to have the Joker Show, you have to have on the town with Lisa. You know, there is a lot of blogging and twittering about Seattle Sonics. I think the expansion is coming sooner than we expect. And then at the 2 o'clock hour, man, we're going to talk booze. So we brought in a cool cat from Three Point Production to talk about the event. Talking about a documentary. There's not any documentary. Talk about hip-hop, about the vibe of Seattle, and how it sort of progressed. We're talking food, sports, and fun every Friday. Friday 1 to 3 here on Alternative Talk 1150 with The Jopra Show. 
This is Julie Forbes, dog training behavior and nutrition specialist and owner of Sensitive Dog, thoughtful guidance for you and your dog. If your dog needs basic obedience training, a behavior evaluation, or food consultation, I can help you. Call me at 206-372-7399 or visit my website, www.sensitivedog.com. I teach group obedience classes, in-home lessons, and evaluations, and a two-week intensive training program called Higher Education. Again, I'm Julie Forbes, Seattle's Dog Behavior Training and Nutrition Specialist, www.sensitivedog.com. Following the herd is fine until they lead you off a cliff. Think for yourself. Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. My name is Dixie and I go dancing across the floor in the evening of the Johnsons when everyone's sleeping. Sometimes I look for a morsel of food but they're so clean. They're almost anal retentive in their cleanliness habits and there's nothing for me. But I don't despair. Welcome back to the Dog Talk Show. I'm your host, Julie Forbes. You're listening to Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. We're back with Susan Thixton, author of Buyer Beware and founder of TruthAboutPetFood.com. Welcome back, Susan. Thank you. Well, I was um, saying, I think I was posting on our Facebook fan page how I was looking forward. This was a few weeks ago how I was, when I was getting ready to start reading the book in preparation for today. And I was saying that I was looking forward to sinking my teeth into the book. And I have to tell you, it's not going down easy. <laughs> <I know. laughs> yeah. It, so, so we were yeah. talking, we were talking about um, the regulations and the enforcement and how you had said, and it's weird. It's kind of a weird, like uh, a weird phenomenon that, you are allowed to lie. Okay, so it says, uh, where is that quote? It says, it's in the regulations, um, where they're basically allowed to say whether it be direct or indirect um, statements. Pet food labels are allowed to make a direct or indirect unqualified right. Claim. Unqualified claim, right? So, right. which you said is polite for lie. Oh, well, of course, a right. direct unqualified claim. Uh, personally, yeah, I would consider yeah. that a lie. I would interpret that wording as lying as well. And yeah. so, and that's written. That's written. A direct unqualified claim is part of the. It's AFCO regulation PF seven. Nutritional adequacy, quote, the label of a pet food or specialty pet food, which is intended for all life stages of the pet or specialty pet may include an unqualified claim, either directly or indirectly. And this would be something uh, to the effect of quality nutrition for a long and healthy life. Right. Pro, or, proactive um, nutrition for a long and healthy life, nutritionally complete for healthy body weight. Right. Yeah, they have right. all sorts of wording. Yes. So, now, um, and, and imagine if the same was allowed in human food. Yeah. Imagine if a fast food restaurant was able to say their hamburger and, and french fry and soda meal for children was optimal nutrition for healthy body weight. Yeah. It, it, Lie. It, it can't happen. Right. But it, it is allowed <clears throat> to occur in pet food. Okay. So so they're allowed to say what's not true, but they're not allowed to say what is true in the <laughs> sense of the, the, and you made a very good point, I'm glad that you said this, that there are, you know, pet food companies out there that do make a, a good quality food. And, you know, I just spoke with uh, one of one example of that. I just interviewed Scott Freeman, who's the owner of Nature's Logic Food. Um, and, you know, it sounds like that's a really great food. I've fed that to my own dogs. They seem to do very well on it. And I've actually talked with the owner. And, and you know, it's like so there are a lot of good foods on the market, but they're not allowed to separate themselves in a way that's clear to consumers from the foods that are not mindful of, you know, not using byproducts and, you know, artificial preservatives and ethoxyquin and, and all this, all this stuff. 
That's right. And that yes, they it's want all the labels to look alike. Yeah, and it's interesting that they will regulate that. They yeah. will they will regulate. Oh, you're not supposed to say human grade on the bag of food. Naughty naughty. Actually, the Honest Kitchen pet food company, um, they when they went this was three, four years ago maybe, uh, when they brought their product into the state of Ohio. On their label, it does say human-grade ingredients. Mm-hmm. And the state of Ohio said, absolutely not. You can't sell your product here because yeah. that's against regulation. And the Honest Kitchen took them to court, and they won. Now, so the exception to that, uh, any reference to greater quality of ingredient, is if a pet food is manufactured in a human food processing facility. Right. And mo- most of them aren't. Most of them aren't. There's, yeah. there's only two that I am aware of, which is a company called People Food, F-U-D, and The Honest Kitchen. Yeah. Well, so, so, and this, you know, if, like you said, I mean, if this is the first time you've heard this information, I wish we were making this up. I really do. I wish that it, I wish that it wasn't true, but it is. And it's actually in writing. You can go to the FDA website, to the AFCO website, and you can look up these regulations and you can see in writing that they actually say this, this stuff, you know, the, the um, direct unqualified claim. It's fine. And it's, you can find that. It's not, we're not just making this up. So why does, so I have a question. Why does the FDA, this is a question you state in your book, why does the FDA give pet food manufacturers permission to violate federal law and include horrendous ingredients in pet foods unbeknownst to pet owners? We can only assume the answer is money. And so, you know, you go on to talk about how the FDA has chosen to provide industry a sales slash profit outlet for waste, which is what we were talking about. Pet food is basically human food industry waste. Um, some. Some. Pet food. Thank you. <laughs> um, and, and so it's money. And you, on page 27 of your book, you gave an example of actually how this looks. And we unfortunately have an example locally here with another company. Um, and it has to do with a, an, actually an organization that I really love um, involved with therapy dogs. Uh, but there is, and I, you know what I'm talking about, yes, too. Yes, I do. Um, so here's how it works. And will you, will you kind of illuminate this for us, too? Because I've got this all. It's on page 27 of your book. Okay. The Conflict of Interest. Consumeraffairs.com journalist Lisa Wade McCormick has reported that over the last two years, the FDA has received hundreds of complaints from pet owners, all linked to Nutro Pet Food. Now, this is an example. Consumeraffairs.com obtained through the Freedom of Information Act copies of consumer complaints to the FDA regarding sick and dying pets that consumed Nutro Pet Food. The FDA confirmed to Consumeraffairs.com that it is investigating the pet food company. So... Despite the above, there has been no recall. Neutro Pet Food is owned by Mars, Inc. And this is the case with most large pet food companies, is that they're owned by an even larger company. Like Hill's Hill's Science Diet is actually owned by Colgate-Palmolive, for example. Okay, so so then it turns out that um, a Mars scientist sits on the advisory committee science board to the FDA. And so they talk about this conflict of interest and how they say that, you know, they're they're going to recruit qualified experts with minimal conflicts of interest for the advisory committee. But actually, they're from these companies. It sounds like a very unethical relationship. Of course. Yeah. And and the same uh, unethical relationships, in my opinion, is with AFCO. They have a pet food committee, and they have advisors to the pet food committee. Yeah. And uh, members of the Pet Food Institute 
sit on the advisory board to AFCO. I sat at the meeting, their mid-year meeting, in January. And um, the first day was a, a workshop for, it was a labeling workshop, it, uh, basically for, like, say, a manufacturer, a new manufacturer is wanting to produce a pet food or a treat, and it, you were there to, to learn labeling things. Mm-hmm. So this is my first experience with these these regulators, and they put on this workshop. And I sat there, and they'd have uh, uh, an employee of Neutro come up and teach a segment. And they'd cut up, and they'd be on first names. The buddy-buddy the mm-hmm. of regulators yeah. and industry. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, and as you know, okay, no need in being enemies. That's fine. You might as well be friendly. I get that. However, on this pet food committee, there is not one person on the advisory board that is a consumer representative or right. advocate. Right, not one. Yeah. Well. Um... We're going to take a quick break and talk more about this aspect of the pet food industry. We're talking with Susan Thixton, who's the author of Buyer Beware, The Crimes, Lies, and Truth About Pet Food. You're listening to The Dog Talk Show on Alternative Talk 1150. Natural Pet Pantry is Seattle's original source for wholesome dog and cat meals, offering eight different proteins to accommodate your pet's dietary needs. Made locally using all U.S. sourced ingredients, their freshly ground stews, raw or cooked, can be purchased from their Burien shop, most independent pet supply stores, or delivered right to your home. Natural Pet Pantry will even work with your vet to custom blend a prescription diet for your pet's unique needs. Go to naturalpetpantry.com for more information. Natural Pet Pantry. It just makes sense. Conversations Live with Vicki St. Clair discusses issues that are important to you, like good health and well-being, finding a new job and building your business, overcoming life's big challenges and making sense out of chaos, and living with passion and joy. Join us Mondays at noon Pacific for Conversations Live with Vicki St. Clair. See conversationslive.net for show schedule and guest information. This is Martha Norwalk. Every Sunday morning, beginning at 9 a.m., thanks in part to Jones & Company Pets in Marysville, we cover the world of animals. This week, August 25th, it's the last Sunday of the month, and that means it's Shelter, Rescue Sanctuary, and anything that helps our animal friends Sunday. We'll check in with our regulars, Mollywood up in Bellingham, Albreed Equine Rescue in Marysville. We'll hear all about the annual open house barbecue fundraiser at Macaw Sanctuary on Martha Norwalk's Animal World. Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150. Do you have an injury, old or new, that won't heal? Are you fighting a cold or illness you can't kick? Do you feel like you've tried everything and are still struggling to find wellness and balance in your physical health? Have you been unimpressed with acupuncture in the past? For over a decade, Robert Medusia has been making a difference for people who thought they had exhausted their options. Don't settle for pain and illness. Call 425-828-6190. That's 425-828-6190. Again, 425-828-6190. The Acupuncture and Sports Clinic of Kirkland. Heal faster, play longer. More choices, more topics, more shows. One station. Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. Welcome back to the Dog Talk Show. I'm your host, Julie Forbes, and we are talking with Susan Thixton, author of Buyer Beware. Welcome back, Susan. Thank you. Time flies. Time flies when you're talking about pet food, that's for sure. <laughs> it does. Okay, so um, so we were talking about the, you know, how does this happen? Okay, so we've got all, we've been talking all show about these lack of regulations, how they're basically like, in writing, these this is the law, and this is really our expectations about how you comply to the law. I mean, that's not laws are meant to be followed, right? Uh, that's correct. And there, it, it and, is, 
it's not the FDA within their authority to pick and choose right. which laws they enforce. Right, but they do. And, um, but they do. And then we were talking about a recall, or not a recall, I'm sorry, the lack of a recall, but about all of these, um, you know, this information from Consumer Affairs that was saying, well, we've had all these consumers getting in touch with us about their sick and dying pets. And this is what's at stake. This is the impact that this is having is that pets are getting sick and dying as a result of this. This is how serious this is. And this is why when you share this sentiment, this is personal. Don't mess with the health of my pet. And don't try to lie to me about what's in the food. And if it's going to make my pet sick and potentially shorten my pet's life, I'm going to take that personally. And I don't accept it. So, um, and that the somebody on the, the scientific, uh, okay, FDA Advisory Committee Science Board happens to have somebody from Mars, which is the company that owns Neutro, which is probably why there hasn't been any follow-up or any sort of recall. Perhaps well, we can only assume that. We can only know, since they assume. Have, have not given us any other reasoning. Right. Now that, that would be the logical assumption, yes. Now something else that's sort of in that FDA advisory committee science board, it's the scientist Catherine Watecki expertise nutrition and food safety. Well, apparently not. If the food is making pets sick to the extent that Consumer Affairs is like, hey, we've had so many people get in touch with us because their pets are sick and dying. So I would question actually the qualification because apparently something's not working, especially if the expertise is supposed to be in food safety. But that's kind of the nature of the beast. So what Okay, so I always tell people, biggest thing you can do is where you go to buy your pet's food. Do not buy anything marketed that's edible for pets in a grocery store. Treats, I agree with that. Treats or, um, or food-related, food canned food or dried food, because I'll tell you, in my opinion, it's all garbage. you got to be real careful if you're going to a pet superstore. I recommend, unfortunately, in the Seattle area... There are tons of small neighborhood, natural, mindful pet stores like all the best pet care that have a commitment to not carrying anything in the store. They won't even let it through the doors if it has animal byproducts or wheat or corn or artificial preservatives or all these nasties that we've kind of been talking about. I've met so many uh, met via my website, so many independent pet store owners. And I have to tell you, I'm so impressed mm-hmm. uh, with with the majority of these people. They do know their stuff. I, and I completely agree with you that, um, you know, if I, I make my own pet food, but if I was buying a commercial food, I would not go anywhere else but a, a, an independent. Yep. Uh, we have a, one of our advertisers on the show is the Natural Pet Pantry, too, which is also carried at All the Best Pet Care. But they're a locally made raw food company, and you can actually go to the small little facility. You can see how clean it is. You can see how they handle the food, and you can see exactly what goes in the food. It's actual food. Because even if you're reading the list of ingredients, I mean, you don't really know. What does it mean? You don't really know what's in the food. And That's there's so right. much that doesn't have to be put in there if it's not added in, in the facility. I mean, there's all these loopholes. And like you said, there's there's nobody representing the consumer. And the laws and the regulations are out to protect the companies. And, and this was true when I was talking with someone from the Natural Resources Defense Council about flea, uh, a certain flea collar that's still on the market. That's The chemical has been banned by the EPA for household use because it's so toxic. And yet it's still in flea collars, one, harming pets, but two, there's kids touching the pets and then putting it, you know, I mean, it's just ridiculous. So what do you think in the last minute that we have, Susan, two minutes? Well, and we got to wrap up. So basically minute. What's it going to take to change this in 60 seconds? Go. I've got a campaign coming out with the July newsletter that I'm hopeful that many, many pet owners across the United States will help me with, and this will be our first step of really 
a strong lobby effort to AFCO, mm. and it's to get grade of ingredient information on labels. Mm-hmm. So I've kind of mapped out this whole thing. Uh, other than that, keep asking questions of manufacturers. Learn a few ingredient definitions. Uh, call your congressman why are, and ask them. You know, these people are in Congress on our tax dollars. Mm. They should, Congress is the FDA's boss. Mm-hmm. Keep writing your congressman and say mm. these FDA compliance policies should be illegal. Mm-hmm. Why is that happening? Yep. Do something about it. All Stop right. this. And get Susan's book, Buyer Beware. You can get it on Amazon.com, The Crimes, Lies, and Truth About Pet Food. And you can also check out her website, truthaboutpetfood.com. She's got a newsletter. She's got an article about pretty much anything you can imagine. Um, And this, people, this is not even the first 30 pages of her book that we've been talking about today on the show. (laughs) So there's a ton of information in here. It's really going to make sense. And it's also really going to make it personal because you're going to see pictures of dogs that have Um, dogs and cats that have died as a result of contaminated pet food. Susan, thank you so much for your time today. I look forward to having you back in the future. And thank you so much for the work that you're doing. Well, thank you. Thank you. It's a team effort. I have to say it's a team effort of people all over the world. Um, I'm I'm just lucky to be the spokesperson. All right. Well, thanks. Thanks so much for listening to the Dog Talk Show on Alternative Talk 1150. Gather up your friends, kids, and favorite canine companions and join Alternative Talk 1150 at the 22nd anniversary of Paws Walk, Saturday, September 7th at Marymore Park. There's a 5K walk, a kid zone, agility demonstrations, fly ball demos, shopping contests, and lots of free samples. Your participation benefits Paws and will help save the lives of animals in the community. Be sure to stop by the KKW table and say hello. That's the 22nd anniversary of Paws Walk. Saturday, September 7th at Marymore Park. Natural Pet Pantry is Seattle's original source for wholesome dog and cat meals, offering eight different proteins to accommodate your pet's dietary needs. Made locally using all U.S. sourced ingredients, their freshly ground stews, raw or cooked, can be purchased from their Burien shop, most independent pet supply stores, or delivered right to your home. Natural Pet Pantry will even work with your vet to custom blend a prescription diet for your pet's unique needs. Go to naturalpetpantry.com for more information. Natural Pet Pantry. It just makes sense. Do you have an injury, old or new, that won't heal? Are you fighting a cold or illness you can't kick? Do you feel like you've tried everything and are still struggling to find wellness and balance in your physical health? Have you been unimpressed with acupuncture in the past? For over a decade, Robert Meduzia has been making a difference for people who thought they had exhausted their options. Don't settle for pain and illness. Call 425-828-6190. That's 425-828-6190. Again, 425-828-6190. The Acupuncture and Sports Clinic of Kirkland. Heal faster, play longer. 